So welcome along to the Know My Faith Monday podcast, and uh, my guest today is, I've got to get this right, Johan Janssen van Furen. Did very well there. Okay, but how come it's got J's and V's, not Y's and F's? Because uh, in Dutch, you spell the J is the same sound as a Y in yeah. English, and the F sound and the V sound is is the, the same. Transpose the same. Yeah. Like Yeshua and Joshua. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So I always thought that like Janssen was your middle name, Johan Janssen van Furen, but it's not. It's actually no, part of your surname. It's part of the surname. So all three words are the surname. So how does that work? Uh, well, it comes from uh, the, the little town called Furen in Holland or in, yep. in, the, Netherlands, in the Netherlands. In the Netherlands, yes. because I was told off by a, a Dutch person for. Is it actually in Holland or is it not in Holland? Uh, no, it's, it's in it's, the Netherlands. It's in, it's in a different it's part the of the Netherlands, Netherlands yeah. yeah. And uh, in this little town, Furen, there was a bunch of Janssens. So they started talking about the Janssens. The Janssens from, from Furen. Yeah. Janssen from Furen. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so. All right. So um, Johan is the director of uh, Ariel Ministries New Zealand, which is mainly, can I say mainly, the work of and the works of uh, Dr. Arnold Fruchtenbaum? Wouldn't say mainly. I, I would. Almost, I would say exclusively the okay. world, uh, work of Dr. Arnold Fruchtenbaum. However, we uh, do promote uh, some other Messianic Jewish uh, writers and uh, uh, Bible teachers, and not not necessarily just uh, uh, Jewish, um, but other um, Bible teachers that teach us along the same lines. All right. Uh, but mainly, uh, what lines are those for uh, you? Uh, dispensational. Uh, along dispensational lines, and uh, the Jewish uh, teachers uh, that Ariel uses teach from a Messianic Jewish perspective. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's go way back. You're obviously South African. Yes. What part? Pretoria. Pretoria. All right. Pretoria. So you no. moved. Fr- we, we did. Were you brought up with this? The understanding of the connection that we have between Israel. And Christians was that part of your upbringing? No, not at all, not at all. I was brought up in uh, the Dutch Reformed Church, and uh, in South Africa, it's uh, very much part of the Afrikaans culture. So when I was at school, everybody uh, in my classroom went to church. Right. Uh, although in South Africa we've got three different Reformed churches. Well, you, and there's more than. Just the Reformed churches, aren't they? There's more than just yeah, the Reformed yeah. church, but the, the Reform, under the Afrikaans-speaking population of South Africa, that was the main right. uh, um, denomination was Reformed. So the, the only one we'd probably know is, off the top of our head, we'd go Dutch Reform, because yes. obviously the, yeah. the the Dutch connection with the Afrikaans. And That's correct, yeah. yeah. So that was the main, uh, the biggest uh, Reformed church was the Dutch Reformed church, and then you get the Reformed Church, without the Dutch, just right. the Reformed Church. That's like anyone can go, you don't have to be Dutch. You don't have to be Dutch, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then uh, then you get to directly translate it by the lack of better wording in English. I haven't found a, a better translation. The Re-Reformed Church. Oh, the real Reformed. No, the Re-Reformed. Oh, the Re-Reformed, right. So without... You've got, got the Reform, the Dutch Reform, and the Re-Reformed. That's correct, yes. Right. Now, the, uh, without, it's a massive history to, okay, to explore on. that. Is there any, could we correlate those with any denominations that we know, Presbyterian, Pentecostal, Baptist, Anglican? 
I would say uh, over a year, because in, in New Zealand you get the Reformed Church as well, the Reformed yep. Church of New Zealand. They're very small in New Zealand. But I would say the main correlation between, uh, say, the Presbyterian Methodist and Anglican churches is replacement theology. That's probably the, clo- the closest yeah. connection. And all the Reformed churches in South Africa have that? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So that's what you were brought up with? That was uh, what I was brought up with, yes. Yeah. Uh, although I, I believe that I was saved uh, at a very, very young age uh, through the evangelism of my mother. Okay. Uh, because uh, if you look at what the Reformed churches teach about salvation, they they fairly close to what the Bible teaches. But when it gets to Israel, they believe that the church has replaced Israel. Yeah, yeah, which, which, is, which is one of the things that we're trying to undo with Know My Faith. Yes. Is, is taking what we know as Christianity, looking 2,000 years back to the historical cultural setting of the first church and realizing that the first uh, six to 10,000 Christians were simply another denomination of Judaism. I wouldn't, wouldn't say that they were another denomination of Judaism. I would say that they were completely breaking away from Judaism. Uh, because Judaism was just a part of the Jewish culture. Uh, but the first church was Jewish, but they believed in the Messiah. Yeah. Where Judaism would have re, um, reconstituted or rewritten the law of Moses. But the true believers uh, in the law of Moses, because uh, Jesus said, if you believe Moses, you would have believed me. Uh, was the ones that followed Messiah or, or realized that this one was the Messiah. There are so many parallels to what happened with the Christian church and the, the set of roles that went around the scriptures became more important than the scriptures themselves. That's correct, yes. And, yes. and you need to believe this over your understanding of this. And, and we, the, the, the clergy, yeah. are the only ones that can, you know, the rabbis or the whomever are the only ones yeah. that can interpret this. That's correct. And... If you read the Gospels, you would often uh, come uh, across this phrase, you heard it said. And uh, if you then go and read carefully at how Jesus always answered, it is written. Uh, the difference there is when the Pharisees come to Jesus, they, they uh, ask him, Rabbi, you've heard it is said. Yeah. Uh, they refer to something else. And Jesus then say, it is written. So they are referring to two different things. And what the rabbis was uh, referring to was uh, the law of Moses as being reinterpreted uh, by uh, the Pharisees. By the Pharisees and the rabbis. Yes. As, so that's the oral that's law, the oral, the oral law. traditions. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and the reason yeah. why uh, they would say it is said is because the oral law was never written down for centuries and centuries. Right. But the law of Moses was always written down. Yeah. So what Jesus then did when he uh, said to them, it is written, he's contrasting the Mosaic law to what they were teaching. So, so how did yeah. you go from being this nice little South African Dutch Reformed Christian boy into running a, a messianic ministry in New Zealand? It's a, it's a big jump. Yes, it's, it's, a, it's a men's jump. Um, it began uh, probably about two, three years before we immigrated to New Zealand. Uh, I felt called to go into full-time ministry. Now, in a South African context, uh, I said to God, you've got the wrong guy. 
absolutely got the wrong guy. Because the only way in South Africa in the Reformed churches that you can go into full-time ministry was to go to university for seven years right. and study to become a pastor. I'm not an academic. I'm a motor mechanic by trade. I've got this leg here. You've got the wrong guy. Yep. There's no way I can study for, uh, uh, for seven years, become a pastor. And uh, then in the meantime, the whole immigration came up and that calling was sort of on the back burner. So, so you were coming to New Zealand anyway before uh, you were called no, to, into ministry? No. Okay. So I felt uh, called to go into ministry yep. before we even begin the immigration right. process and started that. So once the immigration process started, that sort of was way in the back of my mind. I didn't give that, yeah. that much uh, thought. Uh, but did not know that it was actually God's plan and purpose for our, our lives to come to New Zealand. Uh, I always say we came to New Zealand because we wanted, but once we arrived here, we realized, yeah. no, God moved us. And God had to move us away from that that um, that traditional um, reform uh, um, setting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because tradition is a very strong thing. And one of the questions that I always had was, what about Israel? Because if I open my Bible, I even, read about even Israel. growing up, even growing even up, even growing up, and I never could find the answer. Nobody could give me the answer because if you go and ask uh, ask a Duemini, South African pastor, they would uh, the answer would always more or less be the same. Don't worry about that. That's past. Worry, you know, yeah. focus on this, which is the New Testament. Yeah, that's Old Testament. Let's focus on the Let's New Testament. Let's focus on the New yeah. Testament. And I could never accept that answer because you teach me that the, this is scripture. This whole book is scripture. You teach from the Old Testament, yeah. but what you teach from the Old Testament is uh, what God uh, was that that God or uh, Israel, um, the church has replaced Israel, yeah. and everything in the Old Testament you try to apply to the church, but it, it, I just never could accept that. Yeah, it's, you, you sometimes go. How do you get that? I have a problem. You talk about your dyslexia. Um, I'm an audio learner. And, yeah. and I tell you what, if you're an audio learner and not a visual or a, or a um, tactile or whatever, um, somebody just said to me, when you're reading an instruction manual, read it out loud. Yes. Never thought of that. I'm Never 59 that. years yeah. old. I should have figured that out beforehand. Yeah. But you're reading this and somebody says, well, this means that. And you go, I have. how do you... Make that connection. Yeah. How can you, by reading the scriptures, come up with that conclusion? Yeah. And and one of the biggest ones is how could you possibly conclude that the church has replaced Israel when that's it's, a it's not taught and b God's talking about the church all the way through His church, His people, and you go how how do you make this connection that God's done with Israel? Yeah. And and if you ask a South African pastor that that uh, question, just like you phrased it now, they would uh, uh, always go around the question in in some yep. other way, bring you back to the old argument. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about it. You know yeah. because they and the answer is actually that was just another way of saying I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, to get you out of the air, they sort of dismissed it like that. And I could never accept yeah. it. Uh, and that's why the Lord had to take us out of South Africa, bring us to New Zealand, to get us away from the bounds of, of the traditional churches. Uh, when we came to New Zealand, we started going to the Afrikaans church. 
which was just uh, another reformed church. Mm -hmm. uh, and at some stage we realized that we can't, we've never learned to share our faith in English. Right. I know all the theological terms and stuff in, in Afrikaans. In Afrikaans, yeah. But how do I share my faith to my fellow worker? And so I don't know how to do that. Now, frankly, what I didn't realize, even how to share my faith, period. Yeah. And now in another language. And then we decided to go to an English church. But at that stage, we started listening to Radio Rima and uh, listening to Chuck Missler. And he actually answered some of my questions. He was good like that, wasn't he? He was good like yeah. that. Uh, a lot of my questions about Israel, he, he answered. And, and I could realize, yes, but no, uh, God's not finished with Israel. Yeah. They are the covenanted people. Uh, and But then I wanted more. I wanted to learn more. And it was actually Europe that uh, one day announced on the Radio Rima that this short uh, little Jewish man yeah. is coming to yeah. New Zealand. And I still remember what you said. You said uh, he's hardly ever looking up from his notes, uh, but boy, you can listen to to what he says. Yeah, yeah. If you haven't uh, if you haven't watched Arnold speak, he's basically he, he he reads off his notes. Yeah. And very very monotone. I say to people, he makes Derek Prince sound interesting. Yes, uh, <laughs> but very. But the content is amazing. The content is amazing, and I went to the meeting and. I'll tell you. Hold that. I'll tell you a little anecdote. Uh, yeah. at, at one of the meetings that I went to with um, uh, with uh, Dr. Fuchtenbaum, just referencing Chuck Missler, because he said something that disagrees with what Chuck Missler said. Yeah. Uh, and I, I said, Dr. Fuchtenbaum, I said, you you've just told us this. Chuck Missler tells us this. Who's right? And he says, he says, sometimes I am right. Sometimes. Dr. Missler is right. In this instance, I am right. Yes. <laughs> That's how I know. So you ended up going to the meeting. Yes. And yeah. I must admit, I think about 90% of what was said that, that evening went straight over my head. Because I didn't have uh, uh, any reference point to, to attach that to. Yeah. And, and it was so new. The information was so new. But I guess the 10% that I did hear or that I did understand and that did make sense for me, uh, got me uh, uh, off on a journey that would change my life. Do you remember what that 10% was? No. 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 It was just enough to get you looking in the it scriptures, was just a, finding more but material. this is what I want to hear. This is what I want to uh, know more. And, yeah. and maybe I, I, I pluck out the figure 10% out of yeah, there. Yeah. Maybe it was even less. And uh, remembering going to the book table, uh, speak to Tony Wood, uh, mm -hmm. who was the director of Ariel uh, New Zealand at that stage. And uh, he gave me uh, Dr. Fruchtenbaum's manuscript on the Eight Covenants of the Bible. And he said, go and read this. And uh, I read that and so many things in Scripture just fell into place. Yeah. I looked at the title, the Eight Covenants of the Bible. No, there's only two. What do you mean eight? Yeah. Uh, the Old, Old Covenant Testament and New and Testament. New Testament. Yeah. And when I started reading, I realized, wow, there are eight covenants of the Bible, five of which is made exclusively with Israel. Yeah, including the new covenant. Including the new covenant. And this is what so many people miss. Yeah. God says, I will make a new covenant with Israel and Judah. Yeah. Not with the Gentiles. That's correct. I will make this yeah. new covenant that we call the New Testament, yeah. this new covenant with Israel and Judah. 
But then also you realize, looking into those covenants, that only one of those covenants are conditional. The other four are unconditional. In other words, they do not depend on Israel's obedience for fulfillment. God promises, I will. And like you said in the new covenant, I will uh, make a covenant with the house of uh, uh, Israel and the house of Judah. And uh, God... If God can't fulfill those covenants, he's not God to begin with. Yeah. So that alone tells me God's not finished with Israel because there's promises in those covenants that has not been fulfilled yet. Yeah. Yeah. Like, for instance, the land. Israel's never inhabited the land to the borders that God has promised. From uh, the river to the to the yes. sea and yeah. Yeah. That that inhabitants of the or in uh, inhabiting of the land was it's always more, less, more, less, and then for 2,000 years, none. Yeah, yeah. But one day, God... He will give them the life. Will fulfill Th- this that is what year. I like about Fruchtenbaum's teaching, is that um, he goes through the scriptures and he points out those little scriptures that everybody misses. Yes. Um, and and in the covenants and in the land, there is all of the... Um, people talk about... The modern state of Israel. Well, it's the, you know they're, they're not God fearing, therefore it's not biblical. It's not fulfillment of prophecy. And you go, well, hang on, it's not fulfillment of one of the prophecies yes. about Israel and the land, but it is a fulfillment of another prophecy yes. of Israel and the land in disobedience. So yes. the the fact that they are disobeying God and not a God fearing nation is actually fulfillment of biblical prophecy. That's correct. Yeah. And that in no way cancels uh, the, the covenant. Because it's an unconditional because covenant. Because it's an unconditional yeah. covenant. So when I, when I read that, it, it, it was so life-changing for me. It was just totally, totally, uh, uh, this is what I need to learn. And so many things that I learned or that I read sometimes just didn't make sense for me. I was looking at something and, how did you get that? This It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. A year later... I read the same thing and then suddenly it made sense. And I couldn't understand why at that point it didn't make sense, now it's making sense. And then one day I realized it's like uh, building a wall and every brick in, in this, this wall fits in just one space. It can't fit yep. in another space. So sometimes you read something and it needs to be at four foot level of the yeah, wall. Yeah. Your wall's only built up to two feet. That's right. So that brick's just going to fall. It's yeah. not going to sink. A year later, your wall became it's higher, more, so you it's understand higher. it. Now suddenly yeah, it fits. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, well, or you could say you're actually standing on the wall and you're seeing a different perspective out. That's correct. Yeah, and you're seeing a different. It's, it's the same picture. It's the same. It's picture. just a different perspective. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I'm still learning. Yeah, there's so many times that I uh, uh, read something that Arnold wrote and I read it before and said, I've never seen this before. Yeah, and I either didn't remember it, or suddenly now it makes sense and it will stick. I, I read something the other day. Um, when David runs off from Saul, right, and he goes, he runs to Samuel, he goes to, to uh, he gets the sword of Goliath first, and, you know, and yeah. it says he runs, it says he goes to Samuel, and then it says Samuel and David went to this other place. Uh-huh. Just the two of them. Yeah. Well, maybe David's men as well, yeah. but I'm thinking... 
wow, imagine that, just yeah. taking off with Samuel the prophet. But, but yes. how many times have I read that? Yeah. That's not even that's not even something in Ezekiel or Isaiah that's hard yeah. to understand. That's plain yeah. prose text. David went to Samuel and Samuel said, okay, mate, how about you and I take some time out over here at the batch? Yeah. Okay. How many times have I read that? Yeah. But it's yeah. never it's never actually it, it, enlightened yeah. before. It, yeah. it was never enlightened before. And that's just God's word. God's word is yeah. so rich that it would always be fresh. Uh, no matter how many times you read it, no matter how you study it, you will not come to the end of your yeah. understanding. And, and that's that's one of the things I like about great teachers, uh, of which Arnold Fuchtenbart is one of them. But when you when you get the teaching, it's not just head knowledge. Yes. It, it opens your eyes to what the scripture actually says, so that the next time you read that piece of scripture, that knowledge is still there. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah. But uh, how did I come to to um, be the head of the head of Ariel New Zealand? Yeah, it's um, it happened. I just uh, started supporting the ministry. Uh, Contacting the office many, many times, asking questions. Making a nuisance of yourself. Making a nuisance of yeah. myself, I did. Uh, and uh, the folks there were so gracious because they, they obviously realised I, I, I want to yep. learn. And uh, it went on for years and never, ever uh, did I seek to do, uh, to become something in RL, or not that I am, but... Never in well, you, you're the New Zealand director, so you, yeah, that, that, that's you know. Yeah, uh, but you weren't doing that for that reason. No, and and one day um, it happened that uh, that the old board decided to resign. They were looking for new board members, and I put my hand up. And uh, me and uh, uh, the guy that's uh, the chairman of the board at the moment, John Kavanagh, uh, and uh, we brought in another young man called Jason Santiago. We formed the uh, the new board of Ariel, and I became the chairman of Ariel uh, New Zealand or the board of Ariel New Zealand. And two years ago, I uh, went full time, working mm-hmm. full time for Ariel. And at that point, I can't be the chairman of the board now because yep. uh, I'm uh, yeah, you're an employee. I'm yep. an employee, and uh, that's how I became the, the head of Ariel New Zealand. Uh, and it's. Um, it's still many days that I think, what am I doing here? It's more, <laughs> I, what are you doing? We are, it? Lord, yeah. what are you doing here? I don't know how to handle this. I don't know how to do this. Um, it, it doesn't come natural yeah. for me. And, and as I've said to many, many times in the past when talking to people, and there's this little, up in the clouds, this, there's this little snigger, snigger. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know what I'm doing, you yeah. know? And, uh, you know, but the delight uh, is when, when you start teaching and, and you show people God's word and you see those light bulbs going on yeah. in, in yeah. people's head. And people say, why didn't we hear this before? Why hasn't anybody why told hasn't me this before? Because yeah. we replaced Israel. Yeah. yeah. And, and those certain scriptures didn't make sense. Yeah. Because but, of what we've done, but not only that. You you previously mentioned that uh, Arnold or Dr. Fruchtenbaum is just bringing things out in verses that we just do not see, no matter matter how many times we read that. Yeah. And uh, one of the examples is uh, Jesus' whole conversation with Nicodemus, 
Uh, I've asked so many people, what was the question? Without looking in your Bible, what was the question that uh, Nicodemus asked Jesus? And everybody said, how can a man be born again? And then I say, open your Bible, go read the verse carefully. Yep. That's not the question. How can a man be born again when he is when he old? Is old. And our Western mindset, because this, the question doesn't make sense. What has uh, age yeah. got to do with rebirth? The question doesn't make sense. So yeah. our mind throws how, it out. How can a man be born again? That makes sense. That makes sense. Why put the when he's old yeah. in there? That doesn't make contextual sense. And again, when we look at Know My, know my Faith, our desire is to, is to teach the scriptures from that historical, cultural perspective. Yes. So that you understand what Nicodemus meant yeah. when he said, when he's an old when man. When he's an old man, yeah. yeah. How did that come about? Yeah. And then, uh, and you can read that as many times in, in, in your Bible as you, uh, as you want without going to research uh, the yeah. cultural historical background. Because you'll never find that answer in the Bible. You'll never find that answer in the Bible. Yeah. You've got to say, though, you've got to say, you don't need to look outside the Bible. Yes. Right? To, to, yeah. You, you'd be quite satisfied into eternity with just the word That's of correct. God. But if you want to dig deeper, there if is stuff that you deeper, need yeah. to look for. And and the the reason is that the writers of the Bible wrote for uh, for a specific audience yep. at the time. Those guys never envisaged 2,000 years. Uh, people in New Zealand will, with a totally different mindset, yeah. with a modern worldview, would read this. He knew his audience would understand what's yeah. going on. Yeah. I, I said, I mean, as a visitor to our country, well, you're not a visitor, you're a, you're a Kiwi now, but as an immigrant, I said to a lady the other day, she goes, why do you Kiwis keep saying bring a plate but you never explain it? Yes. And I said, because we just love the look on your face when you turn up with an empty plate. <laughs> yeah. But th this is the thing. You say to a Kiwi, bring a plate, all right, we know exactly what that means. Yes. You say to a foreigner who's just moved to New Zealand, bring a plate, they'll bring an empty plate. They'll bring an empty right? plate. Because they don't understand the historical, cultural context right. yeah. of, of the sentence. That's a great example. Yeah. Absolutely great example. Um, uh, and, and scripture is, is like that. And that story of Nicodemus perfectly illustrates the, the, um, the point. Because Matthew said, um, uh, sorry, John says that a man of the Pharisees came to Jesus and just that sentence should give you a whole lot of insight yep. in who this man was. Because in Pharisaic theology, uh, to be born of Israel is enough to enter the promised kingdom. Yeah. The Pharisees taught that all you had to be uh, to enter the kingdom was born, born a Jew. Yeah. So I'm fine. Yep. I'm going to enter Well, Paul the, goes yeah. through this as well, doesn't he? In, in, That's correct. Second um, Corinthians. Yes. Yeah. So with, uh, before Nicodemus could uh, even talk much further, uh, Jesus uh, threw, Just him slaps him with this. <laughs> threw him a curveball. Yeah. Uh, verily, verily, I say to you, unless uh, you're born again, uh, you would never enter yeah. that kingdom. And there's so much more to that because it's not just the being born uh, into Israel. There's so many stages when you get married, it's, yes. it's considered born again. When you become a Pharisee, it's considered born yeah. again. You know, there's all these different... But but the yeah. difference is Jesus was talking about the spiritual. Yeah. Nicodemus was thinking yeah. in the physical uh, because uh, that term, um, to be born of water, 
And Jesus said, unless you, be, you are born of water and born and of the spirit. spirit. Yeah. Uh, that term of, of born, born of water means physical birth. That's how Nicodemus understood it. And he said, oh, I'm born a Jew. What do you mean? Yeah. Uh, and I was born, reborn five times. There's no way yeah. I can be reborn again. And, and Nicodemus was reborn at 13 years old when he was bar mitzvah at um, uh, age around about 17, 18, 19, 20 when he got married. Uh, then we became, when he became a rabbi around about age 30, when he became a Rosh Yeshiva with the head of a, of a yeshiva, a Jewish school, yep. uh, at around about age 50. and Which we know because Jesus said, you are a teacher you are yeah, the you're teacher not, of Israel. Yeah, the teacher. Not yeah. just, you're not just a Pharisee, you're the teacher of Israel. And, and there again, that, that phrase alone, in, in English, um, the teacher, a teacher, yeah. there's no difference in English to us. But it's a technical Jewish term for a, for a head of a, a, a rabbinical school. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Nicodemus was reborn at age 50. And uh, so he was reborn four times. The only way that he couldn't be reborn is when he was crowned king. Because we don't know if he was out of the tribe of Judah, yep. and even if he was, uh, the Roman government at that uh, stage did not allow Jewish kingship. Yeah, so we're not crowning any kings at this stage. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so he was basically he said, what do you mean? Do I have to get back into my mother's womb? I've yeah. used up all my options. Yeah. And then only could Jesus explain to him spiritual yeah. birth. And I, see, Jew- this is the thing, because you, you, you pointed it before. The, there comes a point where you go... I don't get this. And then God, through some sovereign way, shows you something. And you go, ah, yes. I, cu- I couldn't have got that if I hadn't. If I got, hadn't had you know, that. Yeah. hadn't had that. i got so much. Um, uh, Johan is the, the one who's responsible for me narrating several of uh, Dr. Fuchtermalm's books uh, all up, I think about 50 hours of, yeah, of audio. That, they're yeah, big, they're yeah. big books. I mean, yeah. you see some of them on the bookshelves behind us. Um, but I learned so much of the background to what I believe yeah. by reading the books. Yeah. And not just the uh, theological background, not just all those verses that everybody else misses because they don't understand them, that the Fruchtenbaum brings out, but also the historical background, all the bits and pieces in, in history in, yeah. that, that line up to you. Ah, that makes perfect sense now. Yeah. Because if you if you just read the, the the Old Testament, you suddenly come to the New Testament. You start reading the New Testament, you very quickly see that the scene has changed tremendously. Mm. Suddenly, there are, are, are these groups: the Pharisees, the, the Sadducees, uh, um, the Herodians. Suddenly, they on the scene. Where did they come from? Where did they come yeah. from? Uh, the Bible doesn't explain to us, but they're just suddenly there, and they're yeah. playing a major major role in these events, and. Between the two testaments, there's 400 years, so-called 400 silent years. But they weren't silent. Many, many things happened in the development of Judaism. And therefore, if you look at the life of of the Messiah, it plays uh, out in not only a Jewish context, but a first century Jewish context, which was a very particular uh, uh, setting. It was a Roman Roman occupation. Uh, uh, Greek was the lingo franca of the world. Um, the, um, um, the Romans have taken certain rights away from the Jews. Yep. Uh, the Mishnah or the law of Moses has been rewritten by the Pharisees 
uh, was the major um, force in the Jewish religion. It's ironic when you look at all of these things, you look at the parallels with today. Yes. Uh, Even if you go to the the Hellenization of of the Jews... Uh, around the time of the Maccabees, which is one of the reasons why the Maccabees revolted, yes. uh, the the Jews, the chosen people, were all trying to be like the world. You look at the church today, this Laodicean church that we're in, everybody's trying to be like the world. That's correct, yeah. Uh, an article we just put on our, uh, our Facebook page with Know My Faith talks about how churches are trying to do everything bigger and brighter. Yeah. To, to, you know, it's, it's all entertainment-based. Yes. And the parallels between Jesus' first coming and, or the times of his first coming and today, are exciting parallels yeah. to me because I'm going, this is, this is, you know, we're getting. They are you know, exciting. We've been saying yeah. we're in the end times ever since Hal Lindsay and the late great planet Earth back in the 70s. Yeah. But you go, yeah, we're really getting close. We are really getting close. Yeah. Having said that, so let's go, let's go back to Arnold Fuchtenbaum and these books that, that you are responsible for me narrating. Yeah. Uh, it might be 50 hours of narration, but that's about 200 hours of work. Yes. Um, one of them, the footsteps of the Messiah, is is so appropriate for today because Fruchtenbaum goes through all those scriptures that everybody else misses, things that have to be fulfilled before the tribulation. Before the tribulation, yes. And uh, what's interesting about the footsteps of the Messiah is that uh, it's not a study on the book of Revelation. Although Fruchtenbaum uses the sequence of the book of Revelation. Yeah. And that's the value of the book of Revelation because most uh, things in the book of Revelation, in fact, there's only two things in the book of Revelation that's not uh, that's new, that's completely yeah. new. So all, all the rest of it is actually discernible from, from the, the, the Tanakh, the yeah. Old Testament. Yeah. The Tanakh. Uh, and but the it's impossible to determine the sequence yeah. of events from the Old Testament or Tanakh, and that's the purpose of the Book of Revelation to put into sequence. Put it into sequential order. So he uses the uh, sequence of the Book of Revelation, but refers back to the Old Testament prophecies. Yeah. And I think, if I remember correctly, from the 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 uh, bibliology at the end of the book, every book in the Old Testament. Is touched on, yes, in Revelation yes. or references to yeah. almost every book of the Old Testament yeah. uh, in the Book of Revelation, and and if we just knew, see, the the thing is that the, I mean, you and I have the same thing because you have no Jewish blood, do you? No, right. So we're we're, we're Gentiles, we're yes. goyim, right? Yep. Um, and so we come with this Gentile understanding of the Scriptures, right? We we come as Christians with our Christian Bible, yeah. More than half of which is the Jewish scriptures. Yes. But we don't understand it from that Jewish side. Yes. We understand it from our Gentile side. And we've had 2,000 years of separation. Yes. Or replacement from that Jewish side. And it's, yeah. it's so hard to get, to get the different understanding to break out of that. Yeah. And, and I guess one of the things that, that and it's just, as humans, you always want to. How can I? How can I put this? That it. Uh, uh, we're almost jealous that God chose the Jews. Yeah. And and that they the covenanted people. 
because they rejected the Messiah. How can how can you know? Uh, we have to understand it from our uh, our Gentile perspective yeah. because he's our God. He must have rejected them because they rejected, rejected him. Yeah. yeah. But the the point is, they still the covenanted people. All the writers of the of the scriptures are Jewish, uh, and they wrote out of that frame of reference. Yeah. It's not that we second class citizens, and it's not that we uh, want to become Jewish, but in order for us to have a better understanding of uh, uh, of the scriptures, yeah. we have to understand that uh, Jewish background. Yeah, I've. Um I narrated a book for a friend of mine in Israel. His name is Israel Harel, mm-hmm. uh, called Enter the Rest. And he looks at the book of Hebrews. Uh, and Hebrews talks about Jesus being better. Jesus yeah. is a better high priest. He's better than the law of Mo- or He's better than Moses. He's better than Abraham. He's better than David. He's better than this, better than that. And we read that and we understand that. But you go, actually, who is the writer of Hebrews talking to? Yes. The, the, the clue is in the title. Yeah. He's talking to Jews who have had 1,500 years, uh, well, 1,000 years at least, yeah. of the temple. That's correct. Yeah. Right? And yeah. th- their whole system of worship has been around Moses and the law and the temple. Yes. And the writer of Hebrews is saying to the very Jewish readers of the book of Hebrews, Jesus is better than the temple. That's it. He's better than this. Yeah. You, you know, um, because their whole worship is hung up in that, and, and he's trying to break them out of that. Yeah. Uh, as somebody once said, it took took uh, God one night to get the Jews out of Israel. Uh, it's, sorry, it took one night to get Israel out of Egypt, but it took 40 years to get Egypt, Egypt out of Israel. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, and we've got 2,000 years of this replacement theology. That's correct, yeah. And I think you probably grew up in a, I grew up Presbyterian. Uh, I mean, I've been through many, many denominations, um, currently with a Brethren Church, lovely yeah. Brethren Church. Um, but I think that replacement theology very much more in South Africa pummeled in in the Reformed yep. Churches. Because it becomes so much of the identity of the nation, uh, uh, specifically in a South African context. The... Uh, you couldn't be Afrikaans without being reformed, almost. It, yeah. uh, well, it, it, uh, now that I say it... And, no, I know and what you it, mean. It, I, I, I know, I know you, what, what you mean, but it was just when I say it and I heard myself that shock uh, of what I'm saying. I, it's I, true. I hosted an event one time. There was a, a couple of um, white South Africans who lived in Howick in Auckland yes. who had put a documentary together, and they weren't Christians. And I couldn't understand. I'm saying, so, oh, hang on, you're, you're white South Africans from Howick and you're not Christians? Yeah. You know, but yeah. Yeah. To be Afrikaans is to be reformed. It's to be reformed. Yeah. Uh, and l- probably in, in, in my high school years, a lot of, um, of Afrikaans-speaking people started going to, uh, moving away from the traditional reformed churches uh, into to, uh, other non-denominational churches but yeah. but the one thing that they haven't moved away from is replacement theology uh, and in some of those churches the whole Israel church thing was just a non-event it was uh, our relationship with God yeah and and they didn't even mention Israel that that was a non-event uh, and I'm so grateful for God showing me, no, I'm not finished with the Jewish people. 
they still the covenanted people. Yes, they are in disobedience. Yeah. Yes, a, a, a Jewish person still needs to receive uh, Jesus the Messiah. Uh, and I've actually given that as a uh, um, commission to the church yeah. to bring the gospel to the Jews first. Yes. And yeah. the vast majority of the church absolutely ignores that uh, that commission. We um, we provoke them to jealousy. Yes. Or we're supposed to provoke them to jealousy. Um, but we we you cannot provoke a Jewish person to jealousy regarding their God if you're worshipping a different God. That's correct. Absolutely um, correct. And uh, yeah, it's it's just yeah. not going to work. And 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 uh, if you read uh, Dr. Fruchtenbaum's uh, personal testimony, which is uh, a great read, by the way, uh, and if anybody wants to uh, read that, they can just contact me. I will gladly send it yep. out to them. Uh, he at age thirteen went to this uh, outreach to the Jewish people in the neighbourhood, uh, and uh, sitting there, he became very very angry. Uh, furious, in fact, because how dare these people talk of uh, of of my God yeah. as these? Yeah, they they're speaking of the the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as, as if it's their God yeah, and they yeah, Gentiles. Yeah. How dare they? And he went home uh, that night and he studied. He stayed up the whole night reading, reading, reading because I'm going to refute these guys. And the more he read, the more he realized that they were right. They were right. <laughs> it is the same God. It's the same God, yeah. and he sent his son, and his son was Yeshua of Nazareth. Yeah, and the next evening he came to faith. It, it's some of those things that are that are blatantly in Scripture that we don't see. I asked a, a gentleman at um, uh, Ben Gurion Airport when Sharon and I spent uh, six weeks in Israel back in 2017, and we'd met this guy and his wife, American Jew, uh, at the City of David tour, mm-hmm. and and we just happened to be at, at Ben Gurion leaving the country at the same time. And I pointed him to, to Isaiah, the, the, the verse, you know, to un, for unto us a, a, son, a child is born, unto us a son is given, and yes. his name shall be Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Yeah. And, and I, I said, this is a messianic verse. This talks about the Messiah, yeah. but his name is Mighty God, Everlasting Father. Yes. Um. Yeah, and you go, how could you not see that? Yeah. But the problem there, uh, and, and again, what we talked about a while ago is um, where with Judaism went to this and the early church for several hundred years went this way is instead of having the scriptures, you had the interpretations of the scriptures. That's correct. This guy had been to, is it Mishnah school? He did like yep. six months he'd spent in Israel. Yeah. He says, I've never seen that verse. He never studied the scriptures. Yeah. All he studied was the interpretation of the scriptures. That's correct. Yeah. And, and and if you just look at John the Baptist, that's why he grew up in the desert. God removed him to the desert to remove him from the Judaism of his day. To not let the Judaism of his day infect him. Infect yeah. him yeah. And kept him separate. Yeah. Uh, so that when he came on the scene and he started his ministry, that didn't influence him. One of the things I like about uh, Fruchtenbaum and others is that when you read the material, you're then enthused to read the scriptures more. That's correct. And then when you come across something in the scriptures you don't understand, you're then encouraged, you you encourage yourself to go and find out some more about it. Yep. 
Um, one of uh, uh, the things that you would hear Dr. Fruchtenbaum uh, talk about many, many times as he teach, as he uh, writes, is the four uh, rules of interpretation. Yeah. Now, when he was discipled years and years ago, uh, the person that discipled him gave, them, gave him four rules of interpretation, which was written by a theologian, Dr. L. Cooper, in the 1800s. And the first rule of, of inter interpretation is called the golden rule of interpretation, which says, uh, if the plain sense of Scripture makes common sense, seek no other sense. Yeah. Therefore, take every word at its primarily ordinary literal meaning, unless the immediate context uh, clearly precludes that, yeah. shows yeah. otherwise. And why that's so important, if you just stick with the words on the page, uh, it usually makes sense. Yeah. Seek no other sense. Don't try and read something in the scriptures yeah. that isn't there. Yes, there's sometimes, like the conversation we brought up with Nicodemus, that doesn't make sense to us because we do not yeah. have the background. But we still stick with the with the literal imputation. Yeah, but millions and millions of people have been saved over hundreds and hundreds of years by not understanding that. That's true. So, which is going back to what we said, you know, the Bible, you, you don't need all this other stuff. You don't it's need nice all that, it, because it's as simple yeah. as that. The... the um, uh, the gospel is the power of God unto yeah. salvation. Yeah. And the gospel is very simple. Yes. Yeah. When the, you get the right gospel. Yeah. When, when you, you get, get the, the right, right gospel. gospel. In fact, it's so simple that it that it that it looks to the world as foolishness. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the power of God unto salvation. So you don't need uh, all these deep scripture to understand, but to grow and to uh, walk in that uh, sanctification process. That's when uh, this knowledge and, and understanding and comes in. Surely, as a believer, you would want to know more about your God. Of course, yeah. You know, surely, you would want to understand the scriptures. If Jesus is the Word and the Bible is the Word, we can understand Jesus more and understand our God more by understanding our scriptures yeah. more. So, you, why would you not want to do that? Yeah. Don't you want to know your Father intimately yeah. and have a relationship yeah. with Him? Know everything about Him? as he knows everything yep. about you. And then the second part of it to me is then go and tell yeah. of this wonderful yep. God you serve. Yeah. Always be... I was talking to someone the other day and I'm just getting a message ready for a church that I'm speaking uh, at in a couple of months' time. But um, I think one of the reasons why, one of the reasons why we don't tell others about God about Jesus is that we don't actually know him as well as we should. That's correct. Yeah. Um, and the the great passage in Isaiah six where Isaiah sees the Lord high and lifted up, mm. uh, and he sees God in all his magnificence, and his his reaction is not it's not so much wow you're an incredible God it's oh my goodness I'm dead I'm a I'm sinner such a, I'm such I'm, a, I'm a man yeah. of unclean lips yeah. Not only that, and going back to Nicodemus, hey, I'm a, you know, I'm an Israelite, I'm, I'm yeah. cool. Isaiah says, I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live amongst a people of unclean yeah. lips, right? We're not actually as safe as what we thought we were. Yeah. And God says, who will I send? I mean, the angel yeah. comes and cleanses, touches his lips, and God says, who will I send? And Isaiah goes, you have to send me. Yeah. I've seen you for who you are. Yeah. I recognize my sinfulness and the sinfulness of my people. I have to go and tell them. And I think the, the the fact that we don't 
We don't know our God well enough, partly because we've thrown away half of our Bible. Yeah. Uh, we don't know him well enough, so we don't know who we're telling other people about. So That's we're, we're yeah. reluctant yeah. to do it. Yeah. It's almost, it makes me think Isaiah's reaction is almost the same as Peter's reaction. Depart, Depart from, from me, I'm a sinful a man. Sinful man, yeah, yeah. 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 Exactly, and we've got to see that in ourselves. That's correct. Yeah. yeah, and that's part of the true gospel too. Is that people have to see their own sinfulness. That, exactly, and it, it it boils down to if somebody's swimming in the ocean, he's very happy. Yep. Uh, swimming along, uh, not realizing he's actually drowning, he's not going to get into the to the um, rescue boat. Yeah. Yeah. And therefore, he, he neither. And by saying yeah. "come to Jesus" because your life will get better and all the all the bad stuff will stop. That's, that's exactly. Actually, Kirk Cameron, who's uh, works with Ray Comfort, yes, uh, in the states, he does this wonderful little skit where he's he's actually sitting in a uh, a lounger beside his swimming pool, right in the sun with somebody bringing yeah. him drinks, and he's got a guy on the phone saying, "Oh, you need to come to Jesus. Your life will get better." He goes, "No, no, no." It's, Pretty well, good at the fine, moment. Yeah. You know. If you don't tell me I'm a sinner and that I've offended a holy God, if I don't recognize that, there's no way I'm going to turn to him. Yeah. I don't need to. In fact, I'll put on the staunch I don't want to. Don't yeah. tell me what to do. And uh, in fact, the, the truth is your life is not always going to get better because God prom- or, or promises Jesus persecution. persecution. Persecution is going to come. How come we if don't see that? Yeah. How come the, the, the modern gospel does not teach that at all? That's, you know, yeah. Paul said to Timothy, all those who live godly will be persecuted. It, it, it's a promise. It will, yeah. be, it will happen, yeah. Yeah. Some other time. And uh, um, nobody wants persecution and nobody wants that on on a fellow believer. But it... it, it it is going to come, and that is going to build our uh, our faith and our strength and our uh, uh, look up to the Lord. Yeah, Corrie Boom always said, um, "You don't always re- uh, realize that Jesus is the only thing you need until He's the only thing you have." That's that's a good statement. Well <laughs> yeah. done, Corrie Ten Boom. When you look back at uh, the the South African Church. Um, we're, I mean, we're living in the end times. It's a, mm. the church is the Laodicean church. It's yes. lukewarm. Uh, I find, and it's a bit difficult here in New Zealand because, I mean, you, you if I say you guys, um, you, you came over and very much became part of, particularly the men, became part of the the workings and the runnings of the of the churches here yes. in New Zealand. Is, is that a South African thing? Uh, very, very much an involvement because Kiwi Absolutely. blokes are more likely to sit back and let someone else do it. Absolutely. Uh, um, if most most South Africans that's involved in the church is very involved in the church, yeah. and like you say, in the workings of the church, and it's uh, uh, probably in in the Reformed churches in South Africa, you have elders, you have deacons, uh, you have uh, uh, usher. That it's his job to open the church, make yeah. sure the power is there, and so they were all uh, offices within the church, and for that, uh, it involved uh, a great part of the um, uh, the congregation. So, was that um, worship? Um, uh, put in brackets, little brackets here. False worship through service, uh, or was in that- some cases yes? In some cases, yes. Uh, I would say. Uh, people would would um, Dr. Chuck Swindle, the American preacher, one day said something that was profound. He said, "We are forever addicted to contribute something to our salvation." 
And a lot yeah. of that is because yeah. of that. We want yeah. to contribute something. Yeah. Uh, and we think if we uh, have this office or do this or do this, uh, it's... Um, it, it, it brings us makes us feel better because makes us feel better about our faith, and it's actually uh, Arnold teaches the opposite. Where Mary and Martha, Mary went and sat at the feet of Jesus, and then Jesus actually scolded Martha when she for the work yeah. that she was doing, and yeah. and and uh, then he makes this amazing point: it's better to learn of the Messiah than to be busy for him. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know you see where the where the focus is shifting. Yeah. It's better to sit at his feet and learn of him than to yeah. be busy for him. And so many of us, and and, and that's one of the yeah. problems in the South African churches. We we want to be so, so we'll busy, be busy for, for Jesus yeah. that we forget to learn of him. And again, him. going back to Isaiah, it's I think if if you think that anything you can do can contribute to the to paying off the offence that you have caused to the living God because of your sin, then your God's not big enough. Yeah, if you think yeah. that anything you can do can pay for your sins, yeah. the only thing that can pay for your sins is the death of Jesus Christ, That's the correct. blood of, of yeah. Christ. No flagellation with a whip, yeah. no no anything, no good works, no service yeah. could ever come close. And to me, it's because we don't have we don't have a big enough picture of God. Yeah, and so we think, oh well, I can do this. This this will help contribute. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't contribute. No. no, and, no. I, I, and it does worse. It, it does worse. makes it worse. And to me, it's always the most amazing thing is if you look at the work of the ministry, uh, so, um, evangelism, doesn't matter. God doesn't need us to do that. He can perfectly. He can do it much better than. Yeah, us. and we've seen. You know, I think of that video amongst the the Muslim people, the uh, more than dreams, where yeah. where Jesus appears to them. They're, yeah, they're seeking Esau, they're seeking the truth, and he appears to them in dreams without any human Christian intervention at yeah. all. Yeah, he can do it himself, but he he chooses to use yeah. us, and and he uses our weaknesses far better than he uses our strengths. Why? For his glory. Which, which is why this um, South African kids in New Zealand is the head of Ariel Ministries. And God's yeah. sitting in heaven going, chuckle, chuckle, chuckle. Yeah. And um, I look forward to one day going and ask him why. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then Ariel Ministries has got uh, a camp in upstate New York uh, every year called Camp Shoshana. Yep. And uh, I've, I've had the privilege of going a couple of times. And every time I, I'm there, I'm just looking and, and you meet the most amazing people from all over the world there. Uh, and I'm thinking, man, what am I doing between these people? They are yeah. they are such amazing people for the Lord. And I'm just this motor mechanic from South Africa uh, that find myself here. And... Yeah, probably yeah. they're thinking the same thing. Maybe. You know? Yeah. It, we, we need to keep yeah. that in our minds. Uh, Johan, yeah. thank you for joining us. It's been great. Thank you so much and uh, enjoy talking to you, Rob. It, it's, uh, we should do it again. We should indeed. Yeah. Johan Janssen van Furen. I got that right, didn't I? The yes. director of Ariel <laughs> Ministries New Zealand. And uh, stay with us next week for another Know My Faith Monday podcast.